So they're out seeking other young tender plants. Well, guess what? They fly across the you know the Rutledge farm and they yeah. see all those young plants. They start laying eggs, and and a worm lifespan is usually around ten or twelve days. But combine their hungry appetite with dry, slow growing conditions, it, it's a it's a disaster. So yes, there are some insecticides that we can spray. Um, you know, after delay planting. Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand, walking in the early dawn to climb the... Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to wiseeyesmartcam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use Wise, Wise Eye presents. Welcome to American Roots Outdoors. We are in the studio with Redbone Mike Crace. Wayne Lack's not here today. Wayne's under the weather, Redbone. Yeah, I saw that. And he, well, he texted us and said he wasn't going to be here. I, I'm glad he didn't come in to be sick. I don't need to be sick. I'm too old for that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, I, I saw Wayne in the town. He had to come in town and get some feed for his animals or something. And I said, Wayne, have you realized how sick you've been? You're constantly sick. <laughs> well, he said, we had to go to the hospital because Renee's mom was sick. And he said, th- uh, we think we caught something from the hospital. And plus, they got those foster well, plus kids. Well, they have foster kids and, and they're adopted kids. So exactly. yeah, anytime you got little kids running around, you're probably going to be sick every once in a while. Exactly. Exactly. So this is part two of a three-part series of food plotting. Yeah. We got Brad Doyle going to call in today. And the first part of the show... Part one was about getting your land ready to plant. Mm-hmm. We talked about bush hogging, burning fields, uh, breaking dirt, and no-till drilling, getting it ready, spraying, getting it ready. And this part of the segment is is turning that soil in, under and getting the pH right with the right amount of lime. Brad's going to share his knowledge because he, he's a genius at it, Redbone. Yeah. Well, that's what he does for a living. Mm-hmm. He knows everything and knows and he probably forgot more about putting in seeds than most of us will ever know <laughs> when i called him today they was shooting some videos uh for some some commercials and infomercials hmm. for planting beans and, and crops for farmers and stuff you know he is the president of the american soybean breeders association farmers yeah. so he goes to dc often to represent yeah. the farmers well and he was going to be with this episode one last week but but he but got signed up came up yeah, he, he sure did meeting, sure so. did what I want to do here before we ever get got several more minutes left here, I want to talk about this past weekend. We went to uh, World Deer and Turkey Expo in Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. And I was there representing Wise Eye and Buck Grits. And man, the show was tremendous. Uh, we got a great booth location. Uh, Daryl Monk and I worked together, and we also had another field staffer named Todd. 
that come in and helped us. No, I'm sorry, Ben, not Todd. Ben. Ben. And what a great guy. And uh, we and so, they, didn't, they didn't put you close to those duck commander people blowing on those duck calls. No, 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 no. We, we was close to Squiggy, the, the swimming squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we got to see Turtle Man. We got to see Bubba Buck and Eddie Salter. And, and we sold a lot of Wise-Eye cameras. They had a special going on. If you buy three cameras and you get the fourth one free. Oh, wow. So if you bought four cameras and you averaged it out, you'd have $120 in four cameras, each camera. Yeah. That's so really that good. was a deal. That was a deal. Yeah, and that's a great show. If, if anybody, because I've been to that one, mm-hmm. the Deer Classic in, in yeah. Birmingham. And, yeah, it's a great show. And it's more than just the Deer Classic. It's, it is. It's kind of like the NWTF. It convention. is. It covers everything. Thousands of people. Yeah. Thousands of people come in there. So, so anyway, also beside us, we had first-class whitetails of Ohio. Oh. Kenny Zussman and his fiance yeah. working there, and they booked several hunters for their camp up there. And, and uh, man, just the response to Wise Eye and Buck Grits was phenomenal. You know, I, I want to say this. You know, Wise Eye is not tied to Buck Grits. I want you to know that, everybody to know that. Right. Wise Eye represents everybody's deer feed. It's just one of the p- people I work with, and mm-hmm. they let us work together. So yeah. uh, they'll represent everybody else's deer feed also. So I want to mention that. Oh, so, very cool. But they believe in Buck Grits because uh, they've seen how it works, and they took samples home with them. But... uh we're going to go to a break here in a few minutes. We've got two or three more minutes left here. But uh, we've got Brad Doyle calling in. He, again, he's going to share his knowledge with us on how to perfection our food plots. I, I want to mention before we get to a break here, uh, after last week's show, uh, uh, one of the guys on property that I hunt on, uh-huh. uh, I'm not going to say where and, and who it is, but he called me. He said, hey, would you still like to put a food plot or two out here on the property? <laughs> And he had heard the show. Yeah. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, I've got the ground broke. Oh, he's got it ready for you? Got the ground broke. He said, uh, uh, what do you want to put out there? I said, well, we want to put Eagle Seed, a smorgasbord out there. And he said, well, what's in that? Talk to him about it. So um, when we get done here, i got to talk to you about getting some, some smorgasbord. Yes, sir. Seed. Yes, sir. I don't put it good. in a large food plot, but, but something. Yeah. If you want Eagle Seed Smorgasbord, I'm going to pick up a big load of it here in August. Uh, just get with me. Get with Redbone, Wayne. Let me know what you want, and I'll be selling out of the back of my truck. Also, if you want to become a dealer, get a hold of me. We'll get you set up as a dealer. And uh, that being said, we're excited about having Brad Doyle on the show. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about American Roots and Food Plotting Part 2. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hey, this is Eddie Salter, and you listen to American Roots and Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Off the farm, wishing on some love. I've been on a big board for a while. I can load him in the back of my truck. We can take it to a holler. Hey, Redbone, did you hear about that new deer feed? What new deer feed? Hey, Buck Grits, boys. You ain't heard of that yet? Buck Grits. Buckgrits.com. Well, tell us about it. What makes it better than any other deer feed? Well, Buck Grits has got the protein a deer needs. It's got the fat a deer needs. It's got the amino acids. It's got the energy. It's got it all, brother. It's going to bring them back after the rut, and it's going to put a rack on their head. And it's going to help the lactating doe, I assume, too, after they have the fawns. That's right. Keep the fawns going and get them for the next crop. Well, where can I get Buck Grits? buckgrits.com you can get a sample you can order it directly from the website and we're coming to a retailer near you if you want to help a deer herd use buck grits across the creek 
big old hill year after year got my hunting gear eagle seed presents welcome back to american roots outdoor segment two of the show we got our special guest brad dole with eagle seed a guy that's got so much knowledge redbone yeah you know uh, i tell you what when I teamed up with these guys and Eagle Seed and Brad's knowledge helping me with my food plots, I see my farm go from having five or ten deer to having close to a hundred. <laughs> so this guy knows what he's doing. Welcome to the show, Brad. Thank you for having me this today. Yeah, you've been busy. Uh, you know, uh, busy uh, farmers are busy every day, right? We're yeah. either tending our crop or, or getting prepared to plant a crop, or in our case, you know, harvest is around the corner so stay yeah. busy all the time i was telling them before we went to the break to get you on the show that you've been filming some infomercials and stuff for some of the eagle seed products and you know eagle seed is more than just a food plot company they 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 provide the farmers with with all kinds of product let's talk about that real quick yeah today we had the uh well actually for the last two days we've had the united soybean board which is the national checkoff uh, Ian had a film crew in, and they are they're visiting about how we breed soybeans, why we do it, what are we, you know, what is our end goal in, in a breeding program, and because uh, there's different uses of soybeans all over the world, and so we'll, you know, whenever that gets close to airing, we'll we'll let everybody, all the viewers, know, and they can see uh, more info about soybeans, global uh, demand and, and supply, and and how we change genetics. That's awesome. It's all about education, Redbone. Yeah. It's educating. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know? and, and I want to say to all of our listeners, if you've never planted eagle beans, uh, we, we advise that you fence it in with electric fence <laughs> because they will eat them as soon as the shoots come up out of the ground. So if you plant eagle beans, we have a lot of people that do plant them here in the Ozark Hills, southern Missouri, northern Arkansas. And I've tried to grow them, but I'm telling you right now, they eat them as soon as they come up. I got so many deer on my farm, but uh, they are highly preferred for sure. They are over clover, really. Yes, yeah. You know, we don't we don't fence any of the seed production because we have large fields of it. Mm -hmm. We're probably you know actually just the opposite of you, where you have so many woods uh, and few you know food plots. We have vast amounts of fields and just small you know portions of woods. So. Uh, we have plenty, plenty of acres there we plant, and we take care of them, you know, outrun the, the deer uh, browse for sure on the large fields. Yeah. Brad, here's my first question, part two series, and you with all the knowledge you have, and, and, and you've probably helped thousands of farmers and food plotters, what is the secret really to a great food plot? You know, we talked about selecting our sites uh, whether we burn the fields off or we turn it under or we spray it, whatever. What is the real secret? Then we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of it, of getting your soil correct. Where yeah, well, so the soil test, you know, as we've gone over before, is your mm -hmm. score sheet on your soil. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once you, you know, if you can follow all of everything that's recommended, a lot of times it gets expensive and it takes some time, but once you've done that, you know, you really need to figure out, you know, if it's your land, 
or if you're, you know, hunting on your buddy's land, you know, mm-hmm. how much investment can you make in that? Mm-hmm. And, and, and are you going to be hunting over a food plot, or are you just simply wanting to uh, have a nutrition plot, or is this something that you're, you know, going to plant and uh, save for late season? There's all kind of scenarios on what you would plant where based off of, you know, what your purpose is. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you have to establish first. Yeah. What is your What's your goal? Is it deer? Is it turkey? Is it both? Is it quail? I mean, you know, what are the what ifs? I think, you know, that, that's a great answer, Red Bull. Yeah, know? well, you're not going to get anything but great answers from, <laughs> from Brad Dole. <laughs> from Brad Dole, absolutely. But, so, Brad, so the secret is pH, of course, and how much money you want to spend and what your tracks, your common goal is, your, your main focus. So, uh, someone out here that's oh, a lot of people, you know, they want a shortcut. And I'm not being negative, but I'm being real. They just want to go out and plant a food plot. There's different types of food plots that we can plant. You can plant food plots to just attract. You can plant food plots to attract and kill over. How important yep. is it to make more than one food plot on a piece of property? So, you know, we have some great blends that cover all bases, and that would be like our smorgasbord product. Go out there and plant it. If you do have poorer soils, you know, I would I would challenge the the listening audience if if you're on a budget, just go buy a bag or two of, of lime at the feed store mm-hmm. and and put it out in a small area. Just you know, you can actually do a test yourself mm-hmm. see if you get a response, but. You know, if you're really, uh, and those blends are probably more forgiving. You know, if you really want a super duper clover plot, you are going to have to do a little more homework, a little more investment. Mm-hmm. But those, those long term perennial clover plots will, can last for years. Yes. Uh, and, and if you're a turkey hunter like you are, Alex, and mm-hmm. you like to sit low to the ground mm-hmm. and call that big calm in, uh, you know, there's no better. Uh, sight viewing, pulling in a, a gobbler over clover because you don't have the taller grass species like cereal rye or wheat or oats mm-hmm. that are blocking your view. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but also maybe a turkey not wanting to go in a fall food plot, fall planted that really bolts and takes off in the spring, and it might be two, three feet tall by the time turkey season comes around. That might not be the axe, you know, the the uh, desired food plot for hunting turkey, but it was mm-hmm. great for deer, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I do at Redbone, uh, Brad. Uh, all of my eagle seed smorgasbord plots, I let them grow up through completely through the summer. Right now, I've never molded it. Mm. You know, my clovers, what happens by letting it grow up, and you, you taught me this, Brad, Letting the cover grow up, it creates a shade for the clover so it don't burn up. Burn up. Absolutely. So it's keeping my clover healthy. You, yeah, go ahead. You probably have fawns in there. Alex, well, you know, I do. We'll bed down in there yeah. and, and trade back and forth from the woods into that taller. But, yeah, it's a perfect uh, almost year-round food plot for your, your property. Yes, it is. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking more with Brad Dole about how to get – your dirt and soil ready for putting the seed in the ground. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hey, everybody. This is Michael Watton with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. 
In my old pair of hunting boots Passed on down, planted deep in the ground Around your heart So you never gotta worry Hey guys, it's food plot planting time here in the Ozarks and all across the country. What are you planting this year, Wayne? I'm going to put some smorgasbord in with a whole lot of clover. You're going to put some extra clover in it. What? Smorgasbord? What is smorgasbord? Man, it is a variety of annuals and perennials that will get you through fall time, winter time, and all the way into spring. It's awesome. You want to plant healthier food plots to track all kinds of game? Go to www.eagleseed.com. It's a smorgasbord. You know, we all get tired of certain things. The smorgasbord has everything. Your deer will love it. Eagleseed.com. American Roots. Hornady Ammunition presents... Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors, segment three of our show, part two, show two, with Brad Dool, the food plot seed guru, uh, a guy I have the utmost respect for, uh, has so much knowledge how to create a farm into a sanctuary, Redbone. Yeah, and and I'd like to ask a question here, and I don't know if we're getting out of uh, out of turn or whatever, but... Uh, my question is, Brad, are there different, and I know y'all work with farmers and hunters and people want to put in, put in food plots or grow crops or whatever. Are there some things that grow better in some parts of the country than others and some that grow better on the flatlands as opposed to the hillsides and, you know, good, rich soil, obviously, as opposed to our rock farms we have here in in the central ozark <laughs> i mean uh, yeah exactly those, those, uh, no, those little things correct. that you've got to I take mean, uh, a, a, a good uh, a good soil uh, you know we call them ice cream dirts over here because they just work up so so beautifully mm-hmm. you can get anything to grow on so yes you are red redbone you have to go with species that are a little more drought tolerant um mm-hmm. and and can survive you know on limited uh, see the soil contact. Um, that's why you know you guys show drought stress pretty pretty quickly. Yeah. Whenever the rains stop in the, in the summertime. So, but you know the good thing is fall food plots are more forgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the temperatures you know start dropping, evaporation slows, and and soil moisture you know are is usually more available. So yes, we can. Um, specifically design or, or choose varieties based off of soil type and, and more so if you've got water or, or waterlogged soils that really matters as well in the opposite direction okay very cool so yeah i guess as you go across the country and spread out not just here in the ozarks but uh you know over into the delta or you know up north into the plains it, it varies all over the country different parts of the country it does and i, I think you know if you look uh, more northern areas, say St. Louis, North, mm-hmm. almost everybody wants brassicas and like cereal rye in the mix. Mm. Here, you know, in southern Missouri and Arkansas and even further south and southeast, you, your clovers, wheat, oats, species, those are kind of the dominant. And you can throw turnips in there. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people like a little mixture of some of that on, on most of the food plots. I like radishes over turnips. Yeah. I do. Radishes, yeah. yeah. One thing about radishes, they are the quickest to actually form a radish. Mm -hmm. So it is available early, but it's also the first to finish. Yeah. If you're wanting something from the brassica species, 
to to last further into the winter would be a, a t- purple top turnip or even like your uh, your collared kale rape species kale. brassica the, the, those leaves linger longer now the you know one thing you have to realize when you put those large leaf brassica type plants in with clovers they're going to dominate in, yeah. in the fall and winter your clovers like you've seen this alex and smorgasbord really take off like march you know, April, May, that's whenever they really shine. Exactly. Exactly. I tell you, uh, something I've noticed, and I've been planting smorgasbord for several years now, and, and it seems like smorgasbord is one of the most popular blends that we have at Eagle Seed, is that they go nuts over the kale and the radish as soon as it comes up out of the ground. Have Absolutely. You- you've got you've got a lot of deer because you've you've you know, condition them to come on your property. They know you've got the lunchbox in the neighborhood. So uh, they expect it from you, Alex. You know, if you yeah. miss, a, miss a beat, they're going to, you know, they're going to come up to your back door looking for you, <laughs> you know, crank your tractor up. So, Yo, Alex, <laughs> you know, it's been great because we, we, we really got to see in the early stages we did. building that blend there on your farm. We uh, did feedback and all. It's it helped us tremendously. Yeah, yeah, Alex. I just I just want to interject something here. Yeah. And, uh, do you ever go out into your food plot and and pick a little bit of kale to take to the house and cook <laughs> it up and eat it? There's none left. <laughs> they eat it. I'm telling well, I'm just you. Got, I just wanted to ask you and tell you if you don't know. <laughs> do you know the best way to cook kale? No. Yeah. You you put some olive oil in the pan <laughs> and you cook it. It makes it easier to slide off into the trash. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say this, something, you know, there's liquid fertilizers out there. There's several different companies. We don't have a, a fertilizer sponsor at this time, but uh, AgriGrow out of Donovan, Missouri has got a liquid fertilizer. And I, from the results and people I've talked to, it's unbelievable how it can boost your food plots. And all you do is mix it in a sprayer. Uh, so so many parts of water to the product, and you spray your food plots once they start coming up. Now, a lot of farmers are starting to use liquid fertilizer here in the Ozarks too, just for their pastures. Brad, you knew that, but yes, yeah, yeah. I think you you know you put down what I call rock fertilizer, your your NP or K, uh, mined uh, granular fertilizer as your base, and then yeah, if you want to do a follow up, you know starter. Starters are common, you know, say with corn plantings uh, and wheat, it's a lot of foliar fertilizer on there. So, yeah, if you are lacking um, or it's it's not convenient for you to go get a spreader buggy or or a fertilizer <laughs> spreader on your tractor, uh, spray would be a great option for you. Yeah. Question. How important is it to get rid of the old vegetation in your food plots? How important is that? That old, yeah, that old vegetation. Uh, it, it, it can, as you mentioned, it can provide shade. If you have a no-till drill, if you can afford one, or if you can rent one or borrow mm-hmm. one, they're great. Uh, you know, you can use a burn-down herbicide and drill right through those plots. Uh, but a lot of cases, people, uh, and even I do on running smaller, narrow roads. I'm still running like a pull-type ATV disc. Uh, I'm still turning it under. It's still, you know, adding value. So mm-hmm. I think too much mulch um, can hinder a planting, but it's really the tools you have to plant 
uh, would be I'd, I'd take it, you know, plot by plot and just see what, uh, you know, works best. But, yeah, if you can go rent a, rent a drill, that would be great. Yeah. A lot of people like to drill. Myself, my favorite is to just go ahead and break the dirt. I do. And, and when I break Absolutely. the dirt, I use a spring tooth is what I use, an old spring tooth, and, and then go back over it with the disc. You can really uh, break it down to a powder form, you know. So that's what I like to do, you know, and there's been time. Uh, you know, absolutely. We, we, we still use cultivation um, in, in preparation on these large delta fields, and, and then we did, we go ahead and drill into that. So, I mean, there are there are, uh, definitely a savings in just diesel fuel if you can no-till, but we have outstanding results using plows and, and working the ground up. And as long as you're not highly erodible, you're on a hillside where you're worried about, you know, creating gullies or, or washouts from rainfall, uh-huh. uh, plowing is an excellent, excellent way to get a, a plot started, for sure. You know, this might be a really dumb question, uh, but there's probably people out there like me that are just getting started well, in the good. plot business. It won't be dumb. No. Should we plant in rows or just cast the seed? I would say for most of your fall food plots, the, the casting is uh, is great. I mean, you have to have soil moisture and you have to have seed coverage. It, and, and most of those winter fall food plot seeds do not need to be covered that deep. You know, clover, for instance, you can practically throw it out on tilled ground and, mm-hmm. and run a roller over it or mm-hmm. a multipacker. But I lightly disc in mine and, and run a drag across it. So rows, you know, things that need to be planted in rows would be like sunflowers and corn. Correct. Uh, and you can row beans. But, no, you, you have uh, – uh, if I have a broadcast sprinter, spreader, those those work great for your fall food plot mixes. Cool. Yeah, I, I, uh, I spread all of mine. And what I try to do, and this is a tip for our listeners, pay attention to your weather forecasts. What I do is I try to plant by the calendar, by the moon phases. I usually plant around the third week of August here in the Ozarks. I don't want to plant too early because army worms. And army worms, we all know what they can do to food plots and to <laughs> pastures. Uh, we've seen it happen overnight. You have a beautiful green food plot. You wake up the next morning and army worms, my neighbor called me, hey, the army worms over here, my alfalfa. And they're headed your way. I know they are. And that same night, my whole field will be wiped out. That just blows yep. my mind. We're going to go to a break. When we come back. We're going to tell you how to fight those army worms. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors with Brad Doyle with Eagle Seed right after this. Hi, everybody. This is Jessica White with Wonder Woman, Kansas. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Accurate, deadly, dependable, Hornady ammunition. From a two-man operation in 1949 to a world-leading innovator of bullet, ammunition, reloading tool, and accessories design and manufacturer today. Hornady, each piece is hand-inspected to ensure consistency and quality. Ammunition engineered to perform flawlessly, simply put, the best. Hornady ammunition. Find Hornady Ammunition at a retailer near you and at Hornady.com. 
How many of you are tired of your batteries running out of energy, out of power? Let me tell you about Amped Outdoors. I've changed using the batteries I have had in the past. Amped Outdoors, I have the new 80 amp, 24 volt, single battery, weighs 46 pounds. This thing has produced energy all day long. Tested for two days, total use 11 hours. Cannot tell the batteries have even lost any energy. Go to Amped Outdoors if you want to be successful and not run out of power. They ain't down. We'll be waiting when they hit the ground. Big time coming, it's what we do. From a whipper wheel to an old house. Buck Grits presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors, part two, show two, with Brad Doyle. Food plotting. How to prepare your soil and how to take care of your food plot when you go to putting the seed in the ground. We left the third segment of asking the question. About army worms. About army worms. Say you plant your food plot too early. And I got a friend. He's an agronomist. Uh, he sells uh, chemicals, etc., to farmers all over the state of Missouri and northern Arkansas. And he goes, Alex, why do you plant early? You don't want to plant that too early unless you've got something to fight off these army worms. Brad, what is the answer to protecting food plots against army worms? So, uh, yeah, avoidance is right. He, you know, he's, he's talking about planting it later than, than the fall or, you know, the, the, the army worm flight. Army worm flight is what we call whenever moths, army worm moths come into the area and they start laying eggs, you know. So when is that? Well, something has happened. Other plants which allowed army worms to flourish uh, is maybe drying and getting, you know, less desirable. So they're out seeking other young tender plants. Well, guess what? They fly across the, you know, the Rutledge farm and they yeah. see all those young plants. They start laying eggs, and, and a worm lifespan is usually around 10 or 12 days. But combine their hungry appetite with dry low-growing conditions, it, it's, a, it's a disaster. So, yes, there are some insecticides that we can spray. Um, you know, after delay planting, that would be one way of avoidance, but this is say we've got a window to plant. We get our, our crop up great. You either need to be scouting or, you know, calling your local extension office. They would kind of know. Mm-hmm. The, farmers are, the first farmer calls in, you know, it puts everybody on high alert. And, and you can you can get out there and actually see them, you know, get down on your hands and knees. If you see any leaves starting, you know, to, to look like they have nibbling on there, that would be a time to go assess it uh, and get some type of uh, product out there to control those worms. I have a question for you. It's back to our subject matter. Uh, thistle. Thistle comes into food plots, and, and you'll get this thistle, Birds drop it from their droppings from the air to spread the, the thistle. But also you can get it in renting buggies. Some of these buggies that you rent, if they don't have clean seed, why is it so important to get a clean seed? And how do you... Yeah, nox, yeah noxious weeds are, are, are something you, you never want to get started. And you are correct. You need to really look hard at the seed label mm-hmm. and trust that seed provider that yes. he is not selling you, you know, junky, weedy seed uh, just because, you know, he, he didn't do here. She did not do a good job of, of providing you quality seed. That's the worst thing mm-hmm. you can do is is plant something like that. Or, you know, Alex, drive by and see a plant. Hey, what is that? And, you know, and not pull it and 
get it off your property because they're uh, once you let it go to seed, it may be with you long before you know, uh, long after you're you're gone. So uh, preventive maintenance, um, and that would be one making sure you could grow a well, Brad, good Brad, quality seed in there. What happened is I, I'm not naming any names, but I rented a buggy and I've never had thistle. I've never had green grays. You know what green grays does? It can take over. It's tall, yeah. obnoxious. Uh, I've got green grays now coming in on my pastures. And I know I had to get it either from a buggy or birds flying in. I don't know where it come from. It didn't come from your seed, I know, because you're certified seed, and you guys are anal about producing clean seed. Any of our listeners yeah, that have a thistle it's, problem, uh, it's it's worth it to maybe blow blow a, a, a card off or wash rinse it off before you, you bring it on your farm. That's sure. what I was going to say. And then the other thing, yeah. to our listeners, if they got a thistle problem, what's the correct way to remove that thistle? There are some some great herbicides out there uh, that control those uh, hard to control, or or you could even use like a rope wick. Um, you know, that you pull across the top of the plant, but it doesn't touch anything below it. Mm-hmm. Or you can just spot spray it. I mean, that would be one way. Whatever you do, if you do a broadcast type of spray, make sure it doesn't prevent any of your other species, you know, not like like in smorgasbord mm-hmm. from growing. So you, you'd hate to apply something just to kill the thistle, and then it wouldn't allow anything else to grow. So always look at the label. Uh, call you know there are some pasture herbicides out there that do great for pastures, but would prevent a, a, a good food plot from growing. Yeah, and I've always and, and I've heard mixed stories about people that have thistle about going in cutting it out <laughs> or just cutting the top off and putting it in a paper bag and sealing it up and burning it. I mean, there's all kinds of stories about the best way to get rid of thistle in your fields. So, I guess spraying would be the most efficient. Yeah, yeah, because you're going to replant these, you know, like smorgasbord every year, so you're not mm-hmm. really worried. Um, you know, dicamba or 2,4-D might be some good spring-applied herbicides uh, that would control that, like you said before, it had a chance to bloom and, and produce any seed. But you want to kill it down to the roots. Mowing it off and then spraying is not a good idea. You really want to get as much leaf coverage on, on a, uh, a herbicide to take down to the roots and kill it, you know, for mm-hmm. for the long haul. Well, I want to say this. we got a few more minutes left here. Uh, I run my wise eye cameras year-round on my farm. You know that, Brad. And I want to monitor everything that goes on year-round, uh, baby fawns, turkeys hatching, predators. Uh, I collect data to kind of give me an idea of what's going on on my farm. And I encourage our listeners, if it's in your budget, man – uh, use the wise eye cameras, but what also what I do is, and I'm giving my partner sponsors a plug. I set up camera sites and bait sites for buck grits to help me also take inventory. Redbone, mm-hmm. you know that we talked about, mm-hmm. but I take inventory of the turkeys, the deer, and also it tells me how many raccoons is there, uh, fox, etc. Come by, even bear. So when doing that, collecting data. Even setting them over your food plots, the wise eye cameras, you can tell how many deer's coming in, to, say, an entrance, a path coming in there to take inventory of the deer and how well it's being received, that food plot. So that's important to use cameras on your food plots. And I know you monitor your beans, etc. year-round, as well, not year-round, but when the season's here. 
So I want to encourage our listeners to take advantage of that. It can tell you a lot about what's going on on your farm. They're, so. they're great tools. You, if you wonder why your plot's not growing and, you know, and you don't have a camera out, you know, you can successfully target, uh, like you said, a, a travel corridor and, and see what is, you know, what is coming in and what time of day. That's uh, very useful as well. Yeah, what I like to do is plant different food plots on my farm. And, and I've shared this a million times, I know, for those that haven't heard. I plant my biggest food plot in the middle of my property. Then I have teaser plots to the north, south east and west of the main food plot. So the teaser plots are not right on the neighbor's fence row. It's several hundred yards in, depending on how big your property is. My property is 160 acres with neighbors and everything, so I can put a food plot in 300 yards where the neighbors can't see the food plots. Those are teaser plots. When those teaser plots, the deer come into them, and it's a different, usually a different food source, food plot, than what my main food plot is in the middle. My smorgasbord's in the middle. And I usually plant, you know, wheat or something like that with clover and the teaser plots. But they want to get to that kale and all those brassicas in the middle. And what I do is keep most of the pressure on the teaser plots. Uh So we hunt mainly the teaser plots over the main food plot. Think about that. And I learned that from Brad, too. Strategy. Strategy. Yeah. Well, this wraps up the show, everybody. But if you want to listen to the podcast, we got a bonus segment with Brad. We're going to share some more tips on you, how to get your soil ready and how to take care of it, of this Part 3 series. Again, Brad Doyle of the Eagle Seed, thank you for being on the show. You share so much knowledge. And, Brad, remember this. When your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never got to worry. What the wind might do, American Roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Amped Outdoors presents... Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors, our bonus segment for our podcast listeners. If you're listening to this, you're probably listening from your favorite podcast carrier. We are on every podcast carrier available to yep. you. Yep. Yeah. And we, even some that aren't. And some that aren't. <laughs> yeah, we air in 19 <laughs> countries. And again, our subject matter is food plotting. How to prepare these food plots. And again, our specialist today is a seed guru mr brad doyle and we've covered a lot of great subject matter in this bonus segment here we're going to talk about some tips that we like to do we're going to reiterate and repeat some of the stuff we talked about in the show a little bit the radio show right the radio show so what i do with thistle and i want to share i didn't get to share it in the radio part and i was taught this by an old timer they said if you remove thistle so you don't spray it before you cut it Take your trash bag, put over the top of it, then cut it. That way the seeds don't spread when you pack it out in your pasture. Mm -hmm. Another thing I do is I take Roundup, and I'll spray the roots, too, and let it die first, then cut it and put the trash bag over it, too. So that's one of the ways to remove thistle that I've learned. Any other ideas, Brad? You know, by design, those weeds were meant to be transported by air, by wind, uh, you know, and you mentioned a, a piece of equipment. You think about running a bush on, 
You know, you're running your bush hog on every inch of your property mm-hmm. that you can. Some of it is less desirable. You can't, it's not flat. You can't, you know, if it's a ditch or whatever, your neighbor's property, and you're bringing all of that seed back to yours. So you're right. Any disturbance at all of those plants, poof, you know, there goes seed in the air. Um, squirrels would be another. Mice and rats even, mm-hmm. you know, they, they gather up those seeds and store them. So that's another way to do it. Think about dogs and coyotes. You know, huh. a lot of a lot of seeds you get burn and carry it onto your property. So, I, but I also want to say that uh, fertility. You know, if you improve the fertility of your soil, you're going to have other good plant species growing that can choke all that bad stuff out too. Mm-hmm. So think about that. Yeah, that's good. Good, great response. Great answer. My wife, one of her best friends, Chris. She sent us a pH tester. Have you seen these that you can stick in the ground? It looks like a, a thermometer that you check your grease that you cook with. You shove it in the ground, and it tells you, literally tells you what your pH is. Have you seen those, Brad? I have, yep, yep. And I think it, you know, it measures conductivity of the soil, and it has an estimate of it. Uh, it's, I would say you don't rely on it solely. Uh, double-check it, but if you could jump out and check us a few spots and see differences, I would say that that's the first place to start. Yeah, for our listeners, and say they want to get their pH checked, and I know we're, we've talked touched on a little bit, what is the correct way to collect soil samples if they want to collect soil samples and send it to the USDA to get it tested? How do you suggest and how do you recommend our listeners to do this correctly? So a, a typical topsoil sample is, you know, zero to six inches. And, you know, you can you can do it with a, a spade shovel or, you know, they do make soil test probes specifically for that, a round core. But you want a good representation of each plot. Even if it's only a half an acre, walk around, get you eight or ten cores. Um, University of Arkansas has free soil testing. And the University of Missouri, I don't know what it costs you there, but it's drop free. it off. It's free. At least a pint of soil. Drop it off. Take take stems, twigs, you know, anything that's not actual soil in there. Uh, and, and the sooner you get it in there, get it analyzed, the sooner you'll have the results back. And then also remember, when you do turn it in, tell them what you intend to grow. Yeah. Uh, you don't want them to just call it grass hay because it's going to be a different recommendation versus hay or, or clover. Or, or wheat, something like that. So be specific on what you you want to do. And, and I'd also like to add, if you do start applying large amounts of lime to your field, uh, do a follow-up. You know, mm-hmm. six months later, eight months later, another follow-up soil test to see how much you've moved, moved the needle on that. Yeah, I think it's important to emphasize uh, uh, what Brad said there, and that was make sure you tell them what it is you want to grow because the pH levels need to be different for different possibly yeah you know, for different things now, I think yes. I, I think you know we got about three minutes left here in this segment you know from from listening to Brad talk and this is to our listeners if you've not listened to the whole show you can go to our website and download and listen to each show yep. what I've learned from Brad and what I've always learned from him you need to ask yourself what kind of food plot do I want? How serious am I about planting food plots? If I skimp, 
will I have as good a food plot as my neighbor? I think the thing that we're learning here is, you know, you pay for what you get. You really do. So if you want a yeah. good seed, yeah. you buy good seed. You want good fertilizer, you have a good fertilizer, good lime. And you go the extra mile to have the best food plots. And that's what we do at American Roots, the Rutledge Farm. We, we go the extra mile to create great food plots. And people say, boy, Alex, you hunt a zoo. Well, I created the zoo by spending money, my hard-earned money, to create the best food plots possible. And that's what we would encourage our listeners, Redbone, Brad, mm-hmm. to do. Create the best food plot possible you can create. Yeah, the, yeah. I think, and Brad, early on in the radio show, mentioned, you know, uh, you know, the best food plot possible in your situation, because there are some people that may not have the resources to really get that soil as good as it needs to be, but uh, and that's just up to the individuals and different people in different situations. But uh, yeah, you want to give yourself the most advantage to get those animals to come into your food plot. Well, your competition with your neighbors, if they're food plot, you want to you want to try to compete with your neighbor to hold wildlife. That's why we hold wildlife. We go mm-hmm. the extra mile and work our butts off and spend the hard earned money to create the best food plots possible. And that's why we have... It can be done. You know, you, you think about your friends and neighbors who have a, an awesome-looking garden. Yeah. And and But it takes a lot of time and effort to do that. But you can you can do that. You can have a garden on your property. It's just, uh, you know, figure out what you need, amend the soil properly, plant the right species, and like you said, I mean, the, the wildlife, the, the, they'll come. So, I mean, yeah. it is uh, making that haven for them uh, is, is wonderful. So, yeah, I want to say great, this. Great rewarding. We got about forty-five seconds left. We got the River Masters tournament this weekend on the current river. This is the uh, not River Masters, King of the River this weekend. River Masters is August. Oh, is it time 10th. for King of the River already? Time for the King of the River. Wow, King of the River. This will be there'll be thirty boats plus in this tournament trying to be the king of current river. Uh, man, they some good fishermen down there. They some. I predict the guys to watch is going to be Jack Rutledge, uh, Nick Cooper. Dalton Yarber, Bobby Barnes, Aaron Nicholson, uh, Robbie Williams, Derek Hampton. Those are the ones you want to watch. I'm not naming myself because I'm not pre-fishing. I'm going to fish it. I'm going to give it my best. Uh, Those guys are really, really good. I've won it one time. My brother Jack won it three times. Derek Hampton has won it twice. Aaron Nicholson once. Nick Cooper once. I predict Bobby Barnes could be in contendence to win it. That's my prediction. Really? Yeah. I think he, he really wants it. He's fished every day this week. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Amped Outdoors, I want to say this, Amped Outdoors lithium batteries, one charge, Redbone, I can do two fishing trips on a lithium battery. It only weighs 40 pounds. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Brad, stuff. thank you so much for your knowledge. We'll do part three next week on how to really make those food plots boost and burst and be luscious and beautiful for the turkeys and deer and whatever else may come to the food plots. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a great guest, Brad Doyle, of Eagle Seed. If you want to order Eagle Seed, go to www.eagleseed.com. If you want to become a dealer, get with Eagle Seed. Brad will take care of you. Thank you, Brad. Thank you. Remember this, when your roots run steep and strong. There's no reason to fear the wind. Sitting still till it's time to shoot American Roots. Take it to a holler, take it to a field, across the curve.